Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. from the Skeptic Wire podcast. The majority of this week's episode was recorded live at the Texas Freethought Convention early, early in the morning. At the end of the episode, I am including a rough version of my song, Mr. Reverend John Martin, a version of which also opens the podcast. Enjoy! We're probably going to need, we're probably going to ask for some audience input to fill some time. Please, <laughs> feel free! from Hitchens. <laughs> okay, that was way too much information. Too much information. Damn I... Okay, um, is this thing on? It was hot in there. Yeah, roll in. Okay. Hello. 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 Okay. Hi. This, <laughs> this is a skeptic wire, and we are. Re- what are you showing me? The date. <laughs> we don't, okay. It is October eighth. I was going to skip that part. Actually, no, I'm are sorry. you going to be one of those actually it's after midnight? It's actually that date. No, it's not. Yeah, it is after midnight. You're going to be one of those. Okay, oh. it is after midnight. <laughs> All right, let's Sunday, go today. October 9th at around uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. And we. this is kind of a, a, a gorilla episode of the Skeptic Wire. We are recording from the Texas Free Thought Convention. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> And this is totally unscripted and live tonight. We're just going to so, talk about our experience. Live from Houston, Texas. <laughs> What's been going on, you know, what we've been doing and our experiences, and we'll have the audience participate, whether they like it or not. This is a. This has been, so far, this is my first atheist convention, but the people that I've talked to that have been to other atheist conventions have been telling me that this is the best that how many, they've how been to. How many people the first, first time to a convention? Okay, we've heard from Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, Vic Stinger, Michael Shermer, um, Peasy Myers, um, Eugenie Scott. It's been a it's just Matt been a fantastic Matt Dillahunty. I sat in on the yeah, sat in on the atheist experience. Margaret Downey. Margaret Downey. Yep. Did you say Eugene Scott? I did. Uh, yeah. Okay. I did. Yeah. So it's been a fantastic uh, weekend. Oh yeah, Grady Square. Yes. Well, you weren't there, but everyone else. <laughs> oh, and Thunderfoot's here. Thunderfoot is here. Aaron Ra. It's R and Ra. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I know you're not listening to this, R and. I'm not too worried. Well, we're what we're really hoping to do is to start like an inner Texas rivalry of podcasts. Okay, hold on, hold on. Are you going to challenge Matt Dillahunty to mud wrestling again? No, because that was a little creepy. That was creepy. Tonight we are going to start off with a song. Uh, Gary and Greg, right, are going to yep. perform for us. What are you going to perform, guys? We're going to Doctor uh, Reverend. Yeah, we're going to perform a song that was written about a spam email that David received. I had nothing to Thank do with this. Thank you for this, the credit. I thought was hilarious and kind of rhymed. And it started out, uh, attention, my dear friend, I am Mrs. Patricia Maureen Davidson, and kind of devolved from there and kind of hit all of the really good parts of a spam, of a good spam email. And um, so, yeah, it's called Mr. Reverend John Martin, because I thought it was hilarious that she would call him a Mr. Reverend John Martin. Okay, guys, let's hear it. Here it goes.
live in Cedar Hill, Texas, United States. I think we both agree that Texas is a real place. Though my street address won't show up on a map, I'm relocating cause I'm rich. So just ignore that. Mr. Reverend John Martin said to me, for the low cost of the paperwork, a 300 pound fee. The other group would drive me up till I had nothing left. I'd be bereft, I'd be bereft, I'd be bereft. You can't trust just anyone, and the people you are dealing with aren't with your fun. So trust the Mr. Reverend John Good job. Um, I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> How many in the audience have gotten those kind of emails? Or do you just have really Damn. good spam filters? Really? No one's this was a great email, email because it was, a, it was a Nigerian thing, but... It was a, like a twist on it. It was, a, it was an interesting twist because it's saying, I know you've been getting these Nigerian things. Don't deal with them. They're deal trying to take your money. Oh, you need to deal with this guy. Yeah. Because they went to the United Nations and straightened everything <laughs> out. Yeah. And she, she had an actual address. <laughs> in Texas. Cedar Hill, Texas. And so I Googled it, and it's in between two houses. It's basically a fence. So I deal with that on a daily basis because the financial <laughs> industry. All these elderly people, I feel so terrible for them, but they're like, ain't money. I'm like, well, I help them. It's so sad. Was it an advanced fee for? Um, yeah, I mean, um, absolutely. Because first of all, she says she she spent fifty thousand dollars with this other group trying to get her money, and got nothing. And so she went to the UN, and she only had to pay like. 300 bucks. 300 pounds filing. And now she's rich. This is what pisses me off about that, is I googled this spam email. Other letters only had to pay $150. <laughs> so it's like 300 pounds. That's like four times more, is it not? Mr. Reverend. <laughs> it's the Mr. Reverend, yes. Mr. Yes, Reverend John Martin. drunk math it is. Okay. Now, um, there's something that we normally do on this show, uh, which is the San Antonio chapter of the Holistic Chamber of Commerce, because it's an organization for holistic, natural paths and all sorts of you know, alternative energy. And uh, so I decided to look up the Houston chapter and see what we've got here. And I did find one interesting one. Houston's got quacks. But not as much as San Antonio. Uh, I, I would really? have to, Yes. Uh, there's even even as young as the San Antonio chapter is. Now I found I found Teresa Marin and uh, Teresa. <laughs> is she a dancer? She has uh, many years of dance and health combined into a business and a lifestyle. She's studying uh, naturopathy. Yay! And she's become a certified body talk. Energy medicine practitioner. Body talk. Certified. Well, is, is, I'm not sure she's certified yet. I looked up this energy, uh, this this body talk, and there are different exactly. levels. It's in a process. 
Is it is the body talk glasses? like that weird ventriloquist thing that certain strippers can do? I'm a, no. No, it's like when you put no. your hand in your pit. And you run, Look, run, run. Oh, okay. she's passionate about this. She looks forward to right. learning more. She's so she's she's on the path. Certified. And uh, and she hopes to do this the rest of her life. Now, um, oh shh. Okay, we're now in the dark. Broadcasting <laughs> in the dark. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, give me a moment because I was not able to print anything. I need to bring up my body talk. Uh, you'll wasn't edit all this song? out, I'm quite sure. Body talk? What was it? Like, Queen. I think it was, was it body, yeah. body Rock. By oh, was it Body Rock? Oh. Yeah. I thought <clears throat> Queen did one like Does, body Has talk. anybody heard of this body talk? Okay, I'm going to educate everybody here. Because this, this is Hold on. This is good stuff. Okay. There's Big a very question. nice diagram. Can I have a question? Yes. Does it have to do with heart math? No. Damn it! <laughs> we won't get in the heart math. We'll listen to some older episodes. Yeah, um, go back and look. <laughs> I have. I'm saving up my heart math for later. But this is body talk. This is body talk. And you know, we've we've been listening to some ta- some ta- scientists this weekend, and we've been learning a lot. Now, we're going to learn something about the human body that maybe not everyone knew. Talk to the body. <laughs> <laughs> the body is a complex and amazing mechanism. I think we can all agree to that. But did you know that there's a body talk paradox? Certain bodies, certain bodies are more amazing than others. But okay, it's actually kind of a mess. With each of his systems, cells, and atoms in constant communication. Unfortunately, the stresses of everyday life can compromise those lines of communication or overload their energy circuits. We all know about energy circuits, right? So this is kind of a chakra uh, thing? No. Okay, I'm going to take... Okay, we have energy circuits according to this. <laughs> to address this, the body talk system provides a simple and effective form of therapy that allows the body's systems to be resynchronized so they can operate as nature intended and effectively respond to injury and illness. Okay? So, in summary, body talk looks for weakened circuits, okay? Because we have these energy circuits, obviously. How else do we get our energy? <laughs> Through circuits. And they use a uh, muscle testing tech. Of course, they have a device. This that is cool. Um, How much is that pounds? device? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're not selling a a device. But they use the device to find malfunctioning energy circuits in the body. And from that, you lightly tap the client on the top of the head. Can I demonstrate? We need to demonstrate. (laughs) Who would like to demonstrate this? You need to to tap the client on the top of the head. What this does is it stimulates the brain center. I'm going to stimulate your brain center here. (laughs) And it causes the brain to reevaluate the state of the body's health. I'm reevaluating our friendship right now. Uh, no, because it's lightly. If you do it too hard, everyone, you everyone, the mind. to your the neighbor to your left. I want you to try this. You mean tap, tap, tap lightly, tap, lightly, top of the head. Yeah. What this is doing, if you can feel this, this should be stimulating the brain center and reevaluating the state of the body's health. The result is that the general energy. It's, it should be improving your general energy balance, folks. Do you feel it? Your general energy balance. Everybody, okay, those of you who have been drinking, do you feel more energy balance? I do not yes. feel balanced. Less, <laughs> tired, <laughs> less both tired and not tired. Okay. Because that was specifically general okay, as opposed to private or captain. Do they okay. say where these circuits reside? They're, they're, all, they're all around. You're... Don't you know anything? Come on. <laughs> Obviously not. Well, okay. You have energy circuits throughout your body. Okay. And you, like first strong. you lay, you have the device, you find your weakened energy circuits. Okay? Now, you need to reboot. <laughs> so, you tap. I'm, I'm, We're not done here. I'm because thinking this is the Windows blue screen of death. Well, Houston has amazing hospitals. This might be some transhumanism. The next thing we do is we tap on the client's sternum to announce the corrected energy flows <laughs> you are not touching my <laughs> to the rest of the body. 
Uh, because uh, tapping on anything else would be stupid. I can touch their sternum for them. Does, does this have anything to do with like those chakra points? Does, well, you yeah. know, I think it's all related. Energy circuits, chakras. It, it may not be the same circuits. It's probably a little bit westernized. They're, they're taking because their influence this is, We know that. we got western technology here. Right. Where we've got med- know, medical devices testing going. your circuits. If you can do this, do, do the roundy, roundy thing on the chest and tap, tap your head and rub your, your belly at the same yeah. time. Doesn't that kind of, does that mix it up? I don't think you in? guys are taking this very seriously. Or maybe, maybe you're well, self-medicating now. <laughs> well, David, you've been telling us about the tapping on the head, which makes us aware, and then the tapping on the sternum, which informs the rest of the body. Yes. There's still no machine yet. Are you getting... Well, no, the machine the, t- finds the weakened circuits. Oh, that you so must the machine repair. is first, and yes. then you do the tapping. Now, uh, because, obviously. Because just tapping alone wouldn't be enough. Look. Stimul- when you tap the sternum, would you tap You stimulate tapping the sternum stimulates the heart. Look, you know I hear some good science lectures, and I'm trying to trying to do something here to educate. Okay, I know. Um, because then, because with Singer, the body would just form around the tap. There you go. Okay, stimulating the heart by tapping the sternum forces the heart to store the corrected energy patterns in the body's cellular memory. Are we getting this? Memory foam. Now, now we're in the memory. memory. I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm not quite following. But as you continue, your I'm body, sure it'll make sense. Your okay. body's energy circuits are stored in the heart. I have a question. You need to yes. Is the word quantum in there at any point? No. Because I need to know that now. No. Normally, that's what comes next. No, this is the great thing about this. You don't have no quantum mechanics to, to do this. This is, yes, a this local is body Houston. talk, and this is a local Houstonian who is learning to do this. And it, I don't she's know. She's not certified. She's not certified yet. She hopes to do this the rest of her life, but she's still learning. Okay. And this is this is alternative. Medicine. Yeah, is there a school? There is. Where there's do you different go for le- look, there's medicine. different levels of certification. I looked this up. I'm not I can't bring <laughs> it up right now. Um, but there are there's an associate so, so it's like Amway. <laughs> Amway. <laughs> awesome. What's the pricing? I do not know the price. She does not advertise the pricing. I think since she's so new to this, she's probably willing to negotiate. That's how the, the new people kind of work. And if you have to work. ask, you probably can't afford it. So let's get this straight. Go visit her. She takes you, lays you on a bed, and she starts like touching no, you. No, no, first she, and she, you have first, to negotiate the price. But does it end with a happy It probably, it probably, it probably depends on how many weakened circuits you have. I know how this goes. No, let, 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 let's be clear. You go to her, she attaches a, the device to you, yeah, okay. then she taps you, then you negotiate price. It does look and a this lot is like different from, uh, from going to a prostitute? Yeah. Because is there I think a happy you determine the price before the well, device of course. Just, you were, Okay, hold on. According like to her, you're going to... But not if they already know you. Right. Yeah, well, if you're a regular, yeah, the device is all set up, it's clean. Okay, this is Teresa Marin. So, if you're interested in this, is call Teresa. <laughs> okay. No, I think it's one nine hundred nine seven six device. Woo. <laughs> the device take DE cell batteries. You know, I don't know the specifications of the device, but I assume that it's if it's if it's looking for energy circuits, it's probably a it's nine cell something. Do you get a religious experience? Your what levels? The oh, your Thetan levels. Your, well, your those involve wrong, wrong belief system. No, I think we're measuring moronotrons here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because that's quantum. Oh, right. <laughs> now, she <laughs> just joined four days ago. So she's probably looking Five for some minutes. new clients. How close is she to the hotel? That's the important question. Okay, I don't know. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, let's well, she come to the hotel with her group rates. Well, it's probably outpatient. We really should have got more. So, like you know, one of, one of the odd coincidences yeah. of, of, of the timing of this atheist convention is it happened at the same time as the Value Voters uh, Summit. And, and we've got a little news from there, if I can find it here. Uh, uh, this is everybody's 
favorite crazy Christianist wingnut, Brian Fisher. Are these people that shop at Walmart? <laughs> I have a little bit of news from the Value Values uh, Now this Value is the kind Voters of thing where Summit. Brian Fisher, the guy who called Mormonism a cult, is speaking right before um, the the Mormon right. candidate Romney. Right. Yes. This is also oh. the man who said that the First Amendment only applies to true Christians. Apparently, it doesn't apply to us. Okay, let's true talk Christians. a little bit about as opposed to Mormons and Catholics. I'm going to quote what he said today. Not a single one of our unalienable rights will be safe in the hands of a president who believes that we evolved from slime <laughs> and that we are the descendants of apes and baboons. Sorry, was that Mitt or Brian this Fisher. This is Brian Fisher. Kudos for saying He is the spokesperson for the, the American, American Family, Family Association. Association. Yeah, I don't know anyone that thinks that. Do you know what? That pisses me right off. Why don't you come up and, and, and you want to, you want to, would you mind talking about that up here to the microphone? Because <laughs> on the same you know day, what? Your, heard, accent, your accent might actually Richard, get us more listeners. Because we heard Richard Dawkins speak today about evolution. Yeah, hey, we should, we should have a regular uh, segment called guy, a foreign accent guy. Guess the accent. It's always better. Well, I am, I am the foreign guy. So I can ask you all this question, and maybe you can answer. I don't understand how these people can hijack the word family. It, the, the word family now has become a you know a, a word with a negative yeah, exactly. connotation. Yes, and any organization with family in it, we know yeah, exactly what that is. And how how is that? That is it's a it's a way to use a code word of family. Or family values, whatever, to say we are a religious Christian organization without actually saying we are a Christian organization that you should be afraid of because we're wackaloons. Well, I think, well, I, I think it originated. Movement, that's all they use. The gay movement, yeah. they use value, family, uh, traditional. traditional. Yeah. That's how they attack it, and that's what they're going to do with atheism. You know, it's just next, even though they are the hated, most hated in the country, even above gays. But that's how it goes. What, what the religious light, one of their fundamental beliefs is that the family is the main uh, unit of, 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 of societal, you know, cohesion. Okay? So if the family's strong, that's all you need, you know? And that allows you to say, okay, if we have a strong family with mother and father and kids, then society is actually going to be working well enough that you don't need all this government stuff, okay? Well, that's I, where your stability I, is going to come from. And so that's... I understand that, but the word family is used as a euphemism. It disguises a bigotry against anything other than the male, female, 2.4 children, um, ding, ding, nuclear ding, ding, ding. We have a, family. We have a winner here. You're, that's yes. well-spoken, well, exactly right. I it's, can't it's, imagine it's, why. Well, it's, uh, I, no, no, it's, it's a euphemism for the bigotry, but it's also um, denying, well, it's denying alternative families, gay couples and religion. adopted itself you can apply yes. that to religion as a whole. It's also it's a it's marketing and it's anchoring. It's it's also so if you oppose what they're saying is family values, then obviously you hate families and the values that apply to families. And no one hates the families. So it, it, they're automatically putting you in a position to where if you're anything negative against them, they can say, oh, you're against families, and they can change the argument. To, to, well, they apply to that family. to every minority group that they're trying to support. Right. Well, it's also, it's also a, yeah. a, another distribution of patriarchal power distribution where it's the family of the father is in charge, 
back to the biblical woman shall submit to the man, blah, 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 you know. It's also the same tactic as, the, as any politician that says, we're, I'm, I'm here to protect the children, as if there's an anti-children candidate out there <laughs> running or anywhere. You're well, taking a stand against pro-life. No, but no, you're anti-choice. Yeah, yeah, that's what you really exactly. are. Pro force birth. The cool man, what I was going to say. It's a euphemism and a red herring. Because it's it's a red herring because it leads you a, it distracts from the point that you know a, you don't need this just this one type of family to raise children. I mean, immense harm is done to children in religious settings. We all know about that. There's no yeah. need to go into great detail on that. But it's a red herring. A red herring just to draw away. Attention from every everyone is absolutely unanimous in agreeing that the family is the building block of society. It's not just the United States; it's also European countries, England as well. And by using by hijacking this word "family," it just makes people who don't want to think about it or don't you know have occasion to think about it to focus in on this central building block. And yeah, it's a it's a cheap trick. Uh, but my question originally was, how have they got away with it? That's you know, how's that? They're good, aren't they? There are good. Well, GOP is very good at sales. One thing we they're, lack, I think, sometimes. GOP is very good at sales, and that's part of it. Well, they have They're very good at messaging, but also, um, and I agree with you that a lot of this is a cheap trick. But I also, I also would argue that there's a lot of fear in in fundamental Christian families that feminism. Homosexuality, uh, more freedom for kids—all these things—they're very fearful of that splitting up the family, and I, I think that fear has been engendered to them because biblically, now we all know the family is important, but biblically that is a very, very—you know—that is the perfect unit right there. And I, I, I do think there's there's actual fear rather than it's not all just a true trick. How do they get away with it? Um, I think they can tap into that fear. People I think that's how they fear. get into it. Um, the gays are going to destroy family. Once family falls apart, and the feminists and the gays, once family falls apart, there's societal collapse, and 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 we're just heading into uh, you know back, Armageddon. Back to the caves. You know when you when you say the feminists and the gays, I just see. Pat Robertson right there in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> they always it. revert back to, well, look at Babylon. Once they let gays, then oh, sorry, it was yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah. It was over. I think they are playing on people's fears. Absolutely. And they're also playing on, like Donna was saying, uh, men's fears of le- losing that patriarchal power. Hitch touched on this today. And you talk about the male being the head of the family. And that is just another strand of the delusion, because we all know that it's the female who's the head of the family. The emancipation of women in these Boobs Arabic the and third world countries is always the key to setting the, the society down. on yeah. a straight, no, straight exactly. road. And I think he's dead right when he says Absolutely. that. Um, the, the most backward nations on earth are the ones that have, where the women have no power. And that's why I think it's so important. We've been talking about this the past couple of weeks about Saudi Arabia and how the women there right now that's we are you so as well, well, impatient. I think he's you're using the royal we right now, right? As we in we are talking I'm about sorry. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> no, we. Everybody's been talking about Everybody, that's right. We're just now, now okay. Saudi Arabia. That's a situation where I think the women have had enough. And it's it, it seems to be an exciting situation to watch and see if they can if they can do something with that a yes, little bit of momentum that they've got going. They right have now. the right to vote, yet no way to get to the polls. Yeah. Now. Um, or or hold office. I mean, they can hold office, but they can't get to the. They look, can't get to the office. Look, look yeah. somebody's got to step up to the 13th century. <laughs> <laughs> but even locally, like it still doesn't. It, I'm still confused by. Uh, women that are protesting and you know saying, "Please take away my rights." You know, it, it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense. Or even like the gay community that's ultra religious. They're believe it or not, they're there too. Yeah. I'm like, why would you? 
Yeah. It's, it's, I, don't, I'm not, I don't make that connection. Yeah. They don't either. When you meet a, um, like, I don't get like a lesbian Catholic, you're like, why? Well, that's why I said it. Take away the word religion, and it, that pope would be in prison, the priest would be in prison, it would be a shut down organization that we talk about. But since they hide behind the Vatican and the word religion, they get away with child rape. Absolutely. And, right. they have that, that and, they, and they don't make that connection. They really don't. I say child rape because it is that vulgar. Yeah. It is the most disgusting thing you can do. I don't say, oh, well, they kind of molest or whatever. You know what child it abuse is? When people try and skirt around it, child, child abuse. rape. Child abuse is making your kid go to church or Sunday school. Well, that's, <laughs> that's where child abuse is. Yeah, but it, it's, a, it's a perfect abuse of authority. I mean, you, you know what gets yes. me about the whole thing is that sometime in the last couple of years there had to have been a meeting at the Vatican of all of the cardinals and all the higher-ups of the church and somebody at the head of the table saying, look, we got to stop raping kids, okay? we got to stop it. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody else at the table says, now hold on a minute. <laughs> this will hurt. Let's, let's think this through. You did well, they've got well, declining numbers in the priesthood. I mean, they, have, yeah. they can't... But they're so and then, and then you have Bill Donahue who comes out and says that it isn't child molestation or child rape because they were over the they were into puberty. So suddenly, pedophilia. Right. It's you have to you can't and you because if you justify that then there's no hope because he's not he's not reflecting on his mental instability. You know what I mean? Well, it's Bill Donahue. What do you expect? How do you communicate? Idiot, but I didn't realize that he He actually justified the thing. Well, first he blamed it on the gays. First first he blamed it on the gays. He was all like, well, they weren't really priests. They were more gay than priests. So, so, you know, know, it's not really a Catholic problem. It's a gay problem. And then most of your molesters or what have you are straight white males. Right. But and they then, projected on the gay community. And then his argument, when when he kind of got slapped down around that, he turned around and said, well, they were into puberty, therefore they weren't children, so it's not pedophilia, it's, you know, sort of maybe sexual abuse. There's, there's another word about all the rest of them that weren't. Yeah, he he actually doesn't cover that. that Well, well, clearly they had not only did they have that meeting, but they decided to just sweep the whole thing out of camp and just move them someplace else. Yeah, they moved they moved priests. In addition to when police investigations were actually starting up, they hid evidence. I think one U.S. that molested 1,500. The Pope has moved. And is paying his retirement in Ireland. Yeah. I mean, he's rewarding molesting 1,500 American children, children, period. But here in America, he just moved. Right. And when it takes a papal decree to say, if a police investigation is started, you will cooperate, that should have been the first, absolutely, you know, you shouldn't have had to have some guy in a funny hat say, you have to cooperate with the police. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, originally they they if if it was we go uh, they went through the church channels, right? Like, oh, come to talk to us. We'll figure right. it out. We'll, we'll take care of it. Just don't tell anybody. Well, they've been just so so used to over the centuries right. handling their own business and being the last authority that they st- they have to hold on to that. Otherwise, the church has changed too much. Okay. Um, let, let's talk about um, the conference this weekend. Okay. Um, is there any particular talks that anybody really liked and would like to talk about? Daryl Ray. Okay. It was awesome. I mean, the man took out Playboy. He's like, there you go! <laughs> you do realize that while you were listening to that, Matt Dillahunty in the other room was saying, uh, where's Sansa? Oh, yeah, he's gone to learn about sex. sex yeah. <laughs> he was actually talking about Dave Silverman. I'll sell him out. Dave Silverman, yeah. <laughs> He's gone to learn about sex. Yeah, I well, I, I'm okay, just, I missed Darryl, that one, so that I can't, I can't um, yeah. say much. So, so what, for the listeners at home, Daryl Ray started, um, wanted to study kind of the uh, lives the of... The intersection of sex and religiosity. Well, mainly he wanted to study sex amongst 
uh, you know, sexual behavior yes. amongst the secular. Um, yeah. A lot of what how their sex lives have changed after losing um, their religion. Yes. Secular sex. So he, he, did, he created a, a small survey that he put up online. It was kind of a test survey, and PZ Myers mentioned it on his blog, and it exploded, and he got thousands of entries. I took the survey. Yeah? Yep. With 69 questions. That was not planned, according to... <laughs> so sex never got better for you? <laughs> well, you know what the funny thing was, is that well, actually... Well, you have to have sex to actually have good oh, well, sex. So but apparently, so my, atheists my are not... My sex has been pretty good since I've been an atheist, when I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> what surprised me is apparently atheists are not the only are not the ones having the best sex. No. Who's having the, the best Unitarians. sex? The Unitarians. Yeah, but right. by a little bit. I I I thought it was um, evangelicals ever since I saw Ted Haggard say it. <laughs> <laughs> they are proud of but, their sexual prowess, aren't they? Yeah, but they don't always tell the police all the details about it, do they? <laughs> Growing up in the church, I always felt that. Like, me and my own pastor was, you know, on trial for, you know, harassment of the youth pastor. I've seen, wow. I saw so much fakeness that it was hard for me to grasp this. But not only that, I've seen, you know, I've seen these evangelicals, some of them really say, Christians have the best sex. And, and it's, it because makes they, a selling point. God's helping them out. Did anybody see the Victor Stinger besides me? Hello. Well, I saw part of it. You until, actually until I went to get in the line for the for know. Hitch. Okay. But I actually did have about ten or fifteen minutes chatting to him in the book signing, which was really fantastic. He's a very very interesting. He is an interesting man. I, I had dinner next to him. In the now. I bring this up because we had an episode. Was it last week where we we tried no, to talk about? No, it was a about, couple of weeks ago because where, yeah, it was where not, we tried to talk about this whole neutrinos going faster than the speed of light. And I'm not sure since none of us know physics none very of us well. Are physicists. <laughs> we we're just speculating madly. I think we well, did think, okay. We, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a a man who has studied physics in our in did, our midst. Yeah, I did study it. I was 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. I, no, I'm we, an anthropologist. We did, we did, we did recent things. like riding a bike. And I had read Victor Stenger's article on the neutrinos, because he spent 20 years studying neutrinos before that show. And, and so the, that, my takeaway from that was that <laughs> something traveling faster than the speed of light does not violate um, uh, Einstein's you know relativity, special relativity, as long as it's already going faster than the speed of light. So you cannot have something that's going speeding up and past the speed of light. But if you got something already going faster and there's two and he talked about these two types of two types of particles. I had never heard of that before. Yeah, and for some reason when it when it gains energy or loses energy it speeds up. Yeah, he says that that's really weird. And you know some of the stuff I, yeah. and he talks about okay, these things would would violate causality. Okay, and and so uh, effect would precede cause. what we would call cause, and and then we start getting to the whole arrow of time, and that time is only how we define uh, forward time means loss of entropy, and we've just defined that, correct? But to me, okay, so when you get down to the basic level of physical processes, where you have like. Hydrogen combines with oxygen, you get H2O plus energy, right? Well, that, that calculation does the same thing going the opposite way. But when you look at how we see the world, and let's say I always take the example, you, you knock a glass off the table and it shatters. Don't knock my beer over. Right? Um, that is not a very improbable thing. We see it happen all the time. Now, if that glass, those pieces of glass reassemble themselves and throw themselves on the table and all the liquid throws itself in the glass that's a very improbable event correct but the way he talks and tell me if I'm wrong is that this we're, that would just seem weird to us because we don't experience that kind of thing but to me if you're seeing impro incredibly impossibly improbable things happen every moment um, I would probably say God's got to be doing that. 
I mean, I, w- I would probably be a theist at that point. against everything we know but, is science. But there's a simple answer to that. What's the answer to that? Those things are so improbable that they actually never happen in the in the in the life of our universe. Even you know, even if you were to consider the Big Bang as a cyclical Big Bang, Big Crunch kind of thing, and each one of those events is so improbable that throughout the entire lifespan of that universe, it wouldn't even happen once. Yeah, it's like except any, it's anywhere, it's so except, improbable that it is impossible. Except if, and that's that's my point. Um, if you say that the physical laws uh, have really have no don't obey this arrow of time, that they're reversible, then how can you say that you can reverse, that the reverse of time is just as valid as forward time? Because the, the processes are reversible and are c- can be observed to be reversible when it's not such an impossible probability. So, you know, he gave the example of every molecule in the room heading out of the door. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen, ever, in a trillion years, you know. But four molecules making it out of the gap in the box. Yeah. They have, that's not impossible. So it's just a matter of how absurd you make your example. You know, the example of the glass full breaking and reassembling, you know, is too improbable. Right, but if that happened and the arrow of time kind of changed, would you even be aware of it? Well, this is the thing. my understanding is that the only way you get the reversal of causality is if you're on the other side of that speed of light line, and you're, you know, you never can slow down to the speed of light, and that's when things reverse. The causality reverses. Like he was saying he was saying that because we, as macro objects, can never get past that speed of light, we have only experienced time in one direction. That if we if we were faster than light already, we would experience. But then he says. But then he says, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We wait. We have because if you go faster than the speed of sound, we're observing the arrow of time going the other way. I don't see that. I, I'm not sure that he's there was, thought through this. It was this. a fairly weird metaphor about the speed of sound. He was specific in that that was only for someone who had no idea what it was like to see. Yeah. I can rely only. But if I can't see any any fault in the logic at all. I, I think if you could do an experiment where you have two sound bombs that go off that you know distinguishable, and you set up a microphone on you know a projectile that travels faster than the speed of light. Let's say you have a rocket that you fire and it you know it has a ten mile trajectory trajectory, and you know it travels two miles, so you're sufficiently far away that the you know and you and you set off two sounds, and and it's going faster than the speed of light. Sounds. Faster than the speed of sound. Sound, right? sorry. Okay. You'd initially, as it approaches the sound events, you'd hear the, them in correct order, and then you'd hear an echo of it as it passes it in reverse order. But and that then, doesn't mean that... I can't that, see any logical but, problem with that. I agree that you would hear that, but it doesn't change what happened first in reality. No, but the first right. But, but hang on, hang on. Who, who's reality, though? You're a stationary observer. This is isn't this relative? You're not stationary. Yeah, and it has a lot to do with outrunning. You're outrunning. Relativity. relativity doesn't come into. Uh, yeah, it does. Not with sound. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Just even simple motion has to do with relativity because everyone is is going to have a different experience depending on where you, you are and location of whatever is happening. involved in the sound example. It was just an example of how. Right. That, that you can travel faster than sound than the sound waves, and so therefore they get reversed because you're going faster than the sound waves, as opposed to not going faster. Well, this only we're we're only talking in quantum events, so we're, you know that, there's that, that is relativity, because we're discussing observing those events from the vantage point of being on that projectile that's moving. You know how Einstein, as opposed and as opposed to evaluating reality from a station point. Einstein described relativity as if you're in love, an hour seems like a second. If you're sitting on a hot stove, a second seems like an hour. What did you have to say about magic? <laughs> <laughs> but in the light example, we weren't even moving. 
And then and then it goes to a sound example where we're moving faster than the speed of sound. But it's it's still an example, it's an analogy, and it's subject to uh, okay. some mistakes. Meaning your perspective and what you see is dependent upon where you are on that line. But what I appreciate about all this is that we are trying to get to that conclusion. What I find in religion and what really irks me is, you know what? We can't explain it or whatever. We don't care what it is. We're going to call it God. That's yeah. it. I don't yeah. know what it is. It's God. God of gaps. But, okay. And that's what they don't connect to either. Like, no, it's not that we're saying this is the final. No, we're working to it. We are coming to more conclusions and more evidence. To right. We're way. converging on answers. <laughs> they don't, and they don't rather than, that. yeah, splitting off and into, like, no, into sex. So it has to be done. And, and because right. they can't conceive of that, pre, remember that pre-universe he talked about, or that yeah. prior universe? Right. Because they can't even conceive that because they can't even wrap their head around relativity. They got that finite moment that that's the beginning right there, and so there yeah. must be a God. But he was arguing that there's not necessarily a beginning moment, so there's not necessarily right. a God. Right. Right. Craig, you know, Yes. What is what is it? The Kagan Kagan cosmological argument? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kagan. Weren't they the crazy water people we studied? Oh yeah. Wait. <laughs> am I ta- am I stealing <laughs> that, that word from another thing? It was Kengen or no? That was Kengen. Okay. Kengen. Yeah. All right. Yes. Okay. As you were saying, uh, he was disputing that cosmological argument about the universe having a beginning, thus it had to have a cause. Thus, and that's where all this came from. Uh, this whole argument of whether whether something needs a cause or not, and if it does, then maybe there maybe it's always been in cyclical kind of universe, cyclical universes. Yeah. But this is there's no point in trying to catch out an a theist on logic. No, no, no. Because absolutely. logic is beyond them. Well. They, they really don't understand logic. But no. when, you, when you put them down and explain it to them, then they simply just evade it by redefining terms. God exists outside of logic. Yeah. So, you know, they move the goalposts. It's no the transcendental. No matter how much we learn, they move the goalposts back. Well, then, anytime you, and also anytime you enter the concept of faith, it, everything is just screwed. There's nothing you can do. Well, hang on, that's if they're smart enough. I mean... I've cautioned the use of what I just said, smart enough, but they're clever enough to both maintain faith and, and build these logical arguments. I don't even think it's that. I, I think they can't, they can't keep pace with them at all. That's, that's my experience. Is, is the second you move on to, for example, you call someone on a straw man fallacy, right? I'm, I now engage with people that I used to do that with. Yeah. And they turn around and they're saying the same thing about me. And I, I go, oh, they picked up on what it is. And I go back and read. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't make a small man. I mean, I, I double-checked. Mm-hmm. And I still can't find it. They're just regurgitating that crap. They really can't make that. So they do. They, right. they pick up on a lot of they terms up like on a that. Lot of and then they make their own meaning yeah. for that term. And then yeah. they throw yeah. it around. It's just like with the word theory. Exactly. As used in exactly. common use means somebody's hypothesis, yeah. but in science it's not a hypothesis. It's been shown. It's been yeah. Yeah. Well, it, 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 means. It's, it's just another example of how a Christian is, I say Christian specifically, that's what I would, I would deal with, has found a way to apply two different meanings to a word and, and, and outfox you in a debate because you're interested. You you think, you take the first step, we all do, we, we all did tonight and this weekend. We're all honest with each other. We have to be to have these discussions. They don't have to take their first step. They, they at least at some point can, can break that rule. And um, if, if both of us are trying to get the truth, then they, they can deceive us because we are are up front, and they can they can come in through the back door. It's funny you use the word truth because that's another word that's been hijacked <laughs> by yes, the uh, they've all Christians. I hesitate to ever use that capital word. Capital T. Debate with them. Cap- yes, it's yeah. always a capital on the internet. If <laughs> you see it in text, it's a yes. damn capital yes. T. What the hell? There's well, some people that have compartmentalized. Well, if you, right, if you make it a proper word, proper noun, then you can define it however you want. Well, it's 
it's also back to the argument of like big A versus little A activism where big A is a more personal approach to it as opposed to the little A which is a general activism but I was going to say uh, some of it they're not it's not always dishonesty with you it's it's compartmentalization where you've like you know, there's cognitive dissonance that they're not aware of and they haven't solved and they're they compartmentalize okay this is stuff like that happens with God this is stuff I learned in school and they don't have to ever meet because I'm told that science is for one thing it's not the how and pluralism is the who and they can live in harmony and they they don't intersect and you compartmentalize and then you never try to connect the two uh, like people who like to learn you like to make connections you like to learn how is this connected to this how's this connected to this and it, it, it helps you get context to things but uh, these Christians they're told don't worry about the science it can, it can science and faith can go hand in hand they're for different things yeah. you don't need to try to to make the match and so the compartmentalization begins and they're, they're honest like some many of them are actually honest with with what they're saying even though it's not logical and it doesn't make sense they're not particularly lying it's that they haven't been or they've been trained to compartmentalize and well it's not it's, it's it's not even, even more than that they just they those two sides never really come into conflict Faith right? is their vaccination for cognitive cognitive dissonance. Yes. Yeah. It's whenever you run into it, well, don't worry about it. Just do it. <coughs> I think that you highlight the, a very good point. That's the hardest thing to What's the line from Tim Minchin? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the need. It's the need to have. Um, so what should we do with yeah. that? Yeah. 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 It doesn't matter if they're bad answers. And, and they just have to be answers. That's why when you go to seminary or become a minister or a preacher, there's courses in apologetics because you, they know your flock is going to have problems with certain parts of the Bible, misinterpretations, contradictions, uh, mistranslations, and they, they fill you up with these apologetics on how to, like, just sort of put smoke and mirrors, and it's okay because what they really meant when they said this, you have to understand, like, they were coming from this society, so it was, it was right for them, and the apologetics helps... The, the preachers make the flock think, oh, it's okay, someone knows, it's, it's been thought about, it's, I'm not the first one to come up with this this problem or see this. Like Daniel Dennett will tell you, many of the ministers that go through the seminary and they realize, this is fucking bullshit, they, they, they're blowing smoke up my ass to blow up But they're invested, in, yes. invested in a career by that time. Right. The, the, Sure, I spent a lot of money to go to college. The, 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 the apologetics exist exactly to help keep the flock from being aware of the cognitive dissonance and to be able to help massage their departmentalization whenever they come up with anything. But you're saying it's not intentional in a malicious way. Like, for, not for all the believers, right. no. They're not I, like I, trying I, to lie to you or be exactly. dishonest. They're I, being sincere. I used the word lie earlier and I, I mean what I yeah. think you mean. It wasn't this malicious intent. Okay. Right. Hey, good discussion, guys. Um, just, I, I just want to mention how great it was to see Christopher Hitchens, yes. and uh, that was a treat because I just was not expecting. That. I thought he would just be able to speak for a couple minutes, and that would be it. I was yeah. expecting to be, to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my take on this: since it's my first atheist convention where I've seen a thousand atheists in one room, and the thing that struck me when I first walked in is now I understand what a temper Bible is all about. <laughs> yeah, funny you should say that. Um, recently, uh, in July, we all went to see Tim Minchin in concert up in Austin. Fantastic concert. And he actually got a room full of a thousand atheists singing um, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was like, uh, first off, that was like weird just in and of itself. But it was. I love gospel music. And it breaks people out when I say, well, I love CC and BB Wine. They're great. Music, I mean, music. music is totally separate. If, if you're an atheist agnostic who likes gospel music, there's a folk singer, Susan Werner, out of Chicago. She did the first agnostic gospel album, and it's called The Gospel Truth, and it has you know a rewriting of Our Father, the, the prayer. Susan Werner with two E's. But I, have, I have a question uh, of going back to Hitchens. Um, 
when he started talking, when he was asked uh, what he wanted his legacy to be or what his favorite thing that he remembers in his life, and he didn't answer that because he wanted to give it to his children, who else... That, I mean, I got all choked up. I was like, oh, God, that move look on. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that look on his face, it looked like he realized, oh, I need to get on that. Yeah. I, mean, I have something I to just, do. It's almost like he was very good at writing. Every time yeah. he coughs, yeah. he apologizes internally. Like, what do you need? So I was, I was just Matthew, totally impressed with Last night, Matthew Chapman said that apologize for being late and said he's been drinking with Hitch. Drinking whiskey with Hitchens. And I was really... I thought, you know, this is just awesome. I was very happy to hear that. So, he's being treated here in Houston. Here in Houston. Here in this hotel, actually, in the basement. In the basement. And did you all notice? Did you all notice that when he sat down for the Q and A, his voice quality improved? Yeah, they did. Definitely half an hour. Yeah, it did. And he was sounding like the old hit. It came right back. Yes. Well, well, um, do you guys want to introduce yourselves to, for being our guests? You don't have to. Sorry? Uh, introduce yourselves, uh, yeah, give, sure. give yourselves credit. You, uh, you, you don't have to, you don't have to. Circle. Okay. Hey, I'm Jason Huey. I was, um, I'm a local here, one of the few here, and it seems like everyone else is from other places. I'm Gary Clemens Given from... Uh, British Columbia and it's nearly 2 o'clock in the morning and we've been drinking heavily all evening. <laughs> yes, we have uh, John Clark, Knoxville, Tennessee, formerly of uh, 82nd Airborne Infantry and First Atheist Conference. Hoo-ha! Kenneth Bauer, Austin, Texas. John Griffin, Houston, Texas. Bueno. Uh, my name is Jeffrey McCammon. I'm from Austin. I'm a member of the ACA. Well, it was great getting this Really good conversation on on recording. Right? I and really thank you it. so much for. Right. And do you guys do you guys have anything else us. you want to add? I mean, yeah. you're about can your I experiences. Plug? Can I can I pour myself yeah. out? Yeah. Go ahead. Please feel free. Pour um, yourself out. Also, this is this is John Clark, uh, and I volunteer for the Atheist Society of Knoxville, and we have a uh, a YouTube channel that is uh, uh, Finitist. Uh, and that's uh, Finit, F-I-N-I-T-ist, I-S-T. And I, I don't know who does that, but they, they take the whole show and they put that on there. And it's the Free Thought Forum Knoxville is what I would search on YouTube. Anyways, thank you. Thank you. The best part about um, conventions like this and just the movement in the last 10 or so years is the realization that, say, American Atheists and Atheist Alliance and CFI and Free, Freedom From Religion Foundation don't have to be in opposition because they're trying to get the most members. That everybody can work together for a common goal. So anybody we can pimp to, to you know advertise to get more people to you know Knoxville atheists or something like that. Or you know you hear someone who's moving down to San Antonio is wondering. Is there any free thought down in San Antonio? Yeah, we got meetups. Hey, I heard these guys, they actually got a podcast. So oh, and I found out you can actually belong to more than one of these organizations. Exactly. And and the more numbers that we that all the Without organizations have the better. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> we, we, we don't we don't have contrary dogmas. But if, if, if anybody is curious about what's gone on at this Texas Free Thought Convention, I know that the organizers are already talking about <coughs> DVDs being available, well, of all the presentations. Hold on. AAI is doing the DVDs, oh. and they have recorded every single event that has been here. So um, if you miss the talk with Daryl Ray, it will be available. All right. Well, uh, thanks, guys, for, thank you. for coming out. We really yeah, appreciate thank you. this conversation. All right. Can I pin something real quick? Yes, yes. And, um, so, wait, wait, wait. If next no. week it should be out? Yeah, it'll be up next week. Yeah, so check the Skeptic Wire, skepticwire.blogspot.com or our iTunes. YouTube iTunes channel. Thank you. And if you're listening to this, you like uh, podcasts. If you're interested in feminist podcasts, Matthew Dillahoney's fiance just started a new one. You can catch it at the beginning. But then about eight episodes, it's called Godless Bitches. It's on iTunes. I know there's a lot of feminist talk lately, and uh, it's an atheism from a feminist perspective. And I hear it's pretty good. 
Very nice. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. And now, Mr. Reverend John Martin, the demo. Attention, my dear friend. I am Mr. Patricia Maureen Davidson. I am a U.S. citizen who took part in the Nigeria compensation many years ago. Many years ago. But those fraudsters wouldn't pay me Though I was charged fifty grand or more in fees So I traveled down to the United Nations With all the documents of my compensation You can't trust just anyone And the people you are dealing with aren't with your fund so trust the Mr. Everon John Martin. Trust the Mr. Everon John Martin. Uh. La, 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 la. I live in Cedar Hill, Tech. Is United States I think we'll both agree That Texas is a real place Though my street address Won't show up on a map I'm relocating Cause I'm rich So just ignore that The Mr. Reverend John Martin said to me For the low cost of the paperwork A 300 pound fee other group would drive me up till I had nothing left. I'd be bereft, I'd be bereft, I'd be bereft. You can't trust just anyone, and the people you are dealing with aren't with your fun. So trust the Mr. Reverend John Martin. So trust the Mr. Reverend John Martin. Six hundred thousand pounds were given me Stop talking to those other lying frauds Won't you listen, can't you see? You should be listening to me podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. something to say about that. I, I'm really mad. You guys want to remove what I'm hearing you guys say is you want to remove 
the man from the head of the household. Now, I disagree with this because right now, I live alone and I am the head of the household. And if you remove me as head of my household, I only got the dogs. And they're not working and they're not bringing them food. So what what happens? Huh? What happens? Think about the dogs. Don't you know, think about the children. Think dog, about the you dogs. know what? What's wrong with the quality? You know what? Hitch in the home. Total chaos. Because the dogs aren't dogs working. Living together. They just sleep on Necessary. They bring in, every once in a while, they'll bring in a possum or a cat <laughs> or a skunk. <laughs> there it is. Wait, I mean, or a bird. So Hitch touched on this today.